WXXI in the Little Theater. This is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today we're talking about Monsters, Mayhem, and Anne Hathaway. Her newest film, Colossal, is playing at the Little Theater, Showtime's at thelittle.org. It's wild, and to borrow a phrase that I feel is underrated, it's a hoot. Uh, but it also provides some pretty strong commentary as well. So here to talk about all this, we have our first first-time podcast guest, Matt DeTurk, the creative director for Hedonist Artisan Chocolates. I didn't have that written down, going off script. Oh, yeah, you did good. (laughs) And also the creative director for the Rochester Fringe Festival. It's great to have you here. Uh, But where's my chocolate? I should have brought some. I didn't even think of it. Foolishness. Of course, I didn't bring popcorn or or really anything for you. We'll we'll have to do a trade with chocolate for popcorn. (laughs) <laughs> and under the table deal. We'll, we'll have to edit this out because this this is getting... <laughs> the, the legality of it is questionable now. <laughs> All right, so we're also joined by city newspaper writer and film critic and also friend of the podcast because he's been on here the most, Adam Lubito. Uh, you can read Adam's work at rochestercitynewspaper.com, um, including a detailed look at the making of the One Take Film Festival May 18th through 21st at The Little. Hey, Adam, thanks for being on here yet again. <laughs> Thanks for allowing me back. <laughs> I do allow, yeah. We, I, I ran out of jokes. Like I, I, I use the the punch card joke a lot, and I'm like, I need a joke for Adam. Then I, I just didn't have anything. So I, I said, friend of the podcast. I'm, I'm always happy true. with the punch card because I actually want that to happen. <laughs> it should. It should happen. What would he get at the end? Popcorn. Oh, yeah. oh smart. <laughs> okay, it's very. It's a natural thing. <laughs> or a surprise. It's like you get kicked off the podcast. Right here. <laughs> Surprise, you're done. <laughs> and so this other voice that you hear in here, our final guest, the lovely, talented Meg McLaughlin of CGI Communications. Uh, I do want to know that Matt and Adam are also lovely and talented. I didn't want you guys to feel left out. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> so Meg, thank you for joining us again. You are the Johnny Depp expert here. We probably won't talk about him at all. No, I'm sorry. No Johnny Depp today. <laughs> 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 we just, it would probably be kind of a sad conversation. It would just wouldn't work. It's, She's shaking her head. She's telling me to move on. I can tell she's like, we're done. We're done with this. So anyway, back to the the purpose of the podcast, which is Colossal. So for those of you who are not familiar, I'm going to give a quick uh, summary of the plot without spoilers. Um, so Anna Hath- Hathaway stars as a person. Uh, she drinks way too much, um, and she moves back to her hometown after her boyfriend kicks her out of her New York City apartment. He's like, you know, you're a mess. You have to go get your life sorted out. She decides to go home. Uh, she eventually meets up with the, an old middle school uh, acquaintance, uh, played by Jason Sudeikis. Uh, he invites her to work at his bar, which obviously not the best thing for someone who's an alcoholic, basically. Uh, so she continues to drink a lot, gets blackout drunk. Uh, eventually, she discovers uh, there may be a connection between her drinking and a monster attack. I'm talking a Godzilla-type attack in Seoul, South Korea. So obviously it's kind of a, a plot that you don't see a lot. It's interesting. Uh, it's what drew us to the movie, why we're here today to talk about it. Uh, so we're going to start off spoiler-free. Eventually we'll talk about spoilers a little. I will give you warnings. If you've not seen it, you can turn off the podcast, watch a different episode, go to the little, do what you have to do, go to Hedonist, eat chocolate. Yes. <laughs> do, do whatever you have to do. Um, so wh- what I want to know is, wh- where does this movie rank for you guys among the weird, creative, oddball plots that we've seen in the last few years? There's been a lot of movies like it, Lobster, Swiss Army Man. So where does this rank? Is this right up there with those movies or maybe a little more mainstream? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you since you are a first time 
podcast Ooh. guest. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on, though. So. It's fair. <laughs> um, for me, um, it was. it's certainly original. It's certainly weird. It's certainly a, a different, interesting take on a, a mix-up of genres. Um, I don't think it's nearly as weird as Swiss Army Man or as The Lobster, personally. Um, it, I think, keeps it a little... It keeps it more accessible, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely takes a turn. Adam, go ahead. Were you, do, you, do, do you find it lacked uh, Daniel Radcliffe farting? Is this what it well, needed? Well, most movies could use more <laughs> True. farting Daniel Radcliffe. True, including Harry Potter. Exactly. <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> it's there. You just don't hear it. <laughs> they edit that out. They're silent. <laughs> Hermione knows. She knows. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, I would go agree. on. Yes. I would agree with Matt since, yeah, it's, it's a sort of a wacky premise, but it keeps it. I, I, I want to say realistic, but it's sort of heightened reality. Um, the the emotions and the sort of underlying themes stay sort of ground level, I'll say. And at the same time, the whole, you know, addiction metaphor just kind of makes sense when you actually stop and thinking, think about it. As I sort of noted in my review, like most of us know people who, who turn into monsters when they drink too much. Mm-hmm. And so on that level, yeah, it's it's sort of, there's a logic to it that things like, yeah, the, the lobster and Swiss Army Man and things like that don't really have. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a pretty brilliant logic too. It's like we're monsters and they take it literal and and I think they make it work. And again, it's I'm, I'm usually drawn to these creative weird movies just because it's you know there's so much that's the same and that's why i like about what we have at the little you know we play movies like this and colossal is only playing here at the little by the way no other place in rochester yeah little (laughs) Um, so it's just cool it's a different experience at the cinema you know even even if maybe for some people it could be a little too odd but for me no meg i know it's not for you either it's no it's i have to agree with both of you it's it's definitely not the weirdest movie i've seen it has little uh relatable elements i guess and to put johnny depp in this it's no fear and loathing (laughs) (laughs) where you're like what the heck is going on so no there you can definitely relate and and find the themes in that so it wasn't totally out there even though you're dealing with a godzilla type monster (laughs) yeah and we, so we were talking about the alcohol a little. I got to share a little anecdote with that. I actually, I shared beforehand. So if you guys don't hear tons of laughter, I swear there was laughter before these guys were cracking up. Uh, so I did a radio tease for, for Colossal. And I'm saying it's booze filled because obviously they're drinking a lot. There's a ton of booze. So then I, I listened to it up in my office the other day and I kind of had a panic attack. I was like, wait a second. Did it sound like I was saying boob filled? Um, so if you guys hear the tease, please please let me know what you think I'm saying. Hopefully, hopefully it's booze. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they both will attract you to the little and, and you can see it. It's so embarrassing. I, should, I don't know how they let me on the radio. Anything you want in this movie, you can just find out the little. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Booze? Boobs. It's all there. Um, this is an unfortunate segue. I'm going to... We're already getting sidetracked. We're just going to cut out the entire... This podcast will end up being two minutes as I'm cutting everything up. But anyway, so one thing I want to talk about, too, that's spoiler-free, is Anne Hathaway. Um, I'm a fan. You know, I know some people are kind of mixed on her, but I feel she kicks butt in this. She hits all the right notes. She plays kind of the down-on-herself drunk, but then she kind of later in the movie, and this is, I feel, not a spoiler, she 
she's like a strong character and she's just as someone that you're rooting for you know she's also funny i don't know she kicked butt do you agree with this meg you're a fan of hathaway in this yeah i mean i have to say in general i'm not the biggest fan of hathaway i she's know no deaf is what you're saying I mean, she's no um no but she uh definitely has character growth and i think she portrayed that really well she's kind of like this alcoholic and childish unresponsible and you can kind of see her like cowering away and running away quite literally she runs away from where her boyfriend's apartment was you know back to her hometown and from there, you kind of, you know, the second half of the movie, you see her grow in different ways, and, and she injects humor, and, and I, I thought she did a really wonderful job. It's it's definitely something a little bit more, if you're used to her in, like, rom-coms, and, like, what was the one that she did, like, Bride Wars with Kate Hudson or something? Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's it's, it's a different, it's, it's a step up for me, so I agree. I really liked her in this movie. You guys fans of Hathaway here? I really like Anne Hathaway, actually. So, yeah, I'm generally a fan, too. Sorry, yeah. Guys. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. I just, I generally, she's one of, those, one of those actresses where I feel like she, earlier in her career, started out doing such, like, yay, like, very Kate Hudson-y, like, Prin- yay, I'm so happy, I princess. Princess, princess yeah. 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 Like, that kind of stuff where, like, mm-hmm. I feel like people then expected her to continue with that. And I'm not saying that she, like, gets crazy down and dirty in terms of like weird method acting and everything but I mean like I feel like she's not afraid to appear either unpretty or the fact that like she's not afraid to be slightly more challenging to the audience I don't know like I I get that sense about her from what I've seen her in maybe it's unrealistic but I feel like as a result, she's gotten this weird backlash from people where she like rubber bands through people that either really like her or really don't like her. And I don't think that's entirely fair. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And yeah, I think this role especially, you get both sides of that because there's such a fine line to walk with this character where you spend so much of the movie, you know, being kind of frustrated with her because she's, she's a mess and you recognize the ways that she's screwing up and sort of responsible for the way her life is going but at the same time like like scott said you you root for her and you sympathize her and you want her to sort of pick herself back up and so i think not every actress could have pulled that off and i think she does it really well and you need you need the right actress for this to work too i mean i think if it was the wrong person uh it would be a different movie and it, it wouldn't work as well you wouldn't maybe root for her or it just feel for her. You'd just be like, "What? Well, you're you're a drunk mess," and you wouldn't get past that even before you get to the the monster and the mayhem and the the craziness. Uh, and so, what, another thing I want to talk about aside from the the actors in it, um, the writer director uh, is not a person who is not a household name. I feel maybe he will be soon or should be. Uh, so the name is Nacho Vigalando. Um, I loved. I've only seen one one of his other films. It's uh, 2007's Time Crimes, which is a time travel film, but it's done. It's an indie one. It's done on a much smaller scale. Uh, it's Spanish. Uh, it's I think I believe it's Spanish. It's definitely not English. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird, creative movie. It has a very satisfying twist at the end. So he he's a writer and director who does these films that are just. Uh, not what you see a lot. They're innovative. You know, they, they make you think, which I like a lot. So, uh, I guess my question is, 
you guys fans, you know, where do you think where do you think Nacho goes from here? <laughs> that's that's not funny, but where, where do you think this this director goes from here? Is he going to be one that starts doing like big blockbusters? That seems to be a path for a lot of indie directors. Or do you think he keeps making films like this? And again, this is speculation, just a guess, but just something I'm curious of. And I'll, uh, <laughs> have you guys spoke about this before? Or no, Adam no, have... no, I'm, I'm just oh, looking at him going. Hmm, what do you think? Your uh, thoughts. I I don't know why. I don't feel like he's going to do like the the superhero Marvel route um cuz I I feel like all of his films have sort of worked in sort of that those sort of genre elements but he's got such a a tone that I feel like he's going to stay true to that and do the weird kind of indie stuff while injecting that sort of broader superhero monster time travel elements to it <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. that did make sense <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hope he doesn't go blockbuster marvel way i kind of like the the little niche niche whatever how do you say that <laughs> no <laughs> where, one knows where he is and um yeah just kind of staying small and really like sticking to like themes like this where it's it's a monster movie ooh, and it's exciting but it also has real elements to it that hit home mm-hmm. And we know Nacho's a fan. He listens. So if you're listening, this is what the people want. This is they want to see more of these weird movies. I looked actually looked at his IMDb before this, and I didn't see anything in the coming like anything coming up. So I guess I don't know what was next. I thought maybe there would be an answer to this question, but it's kind of a mystery, and I, I'm curious to see what you do next. He, I think he he's, he earned the attention from me that I'll I'll seek out his next film uh, and give it a shot. Either way, I would absolutely see what he does next, regardless of. You know what smaller budget larger budget i would definitely want to see yeah. like where he goes next yeah and if he wants to work with Anne hathaway and jason sudeikis again i'd be okay with that they are both great and speaking of jason sudeikis so we're gonna get into spoilers a little here so <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert spoiler alert we're actually gonna hire matt full-time to be sound effects on here uh he'll be paid in popcorn so excited <laughs> it's, it's a prestigious gig it's you should be honored you can add it to your linkedin people will be very impressed uh but anyway so if you haven't seen the film uh, i was just turning it off I, obviously if you still want to listen uh we, it'll be a good conversation so you can do that and if you have seen the film you know i think these are conversations where you could join in you could email me at scott at the little dot org um unless you're giving me weird comments please don't do that you can start a conversation <laughs> on social media with a little uh so i think these are probably conversations that people have seen after the film and that's one thing I liked about this movie is it's one that stayed with me. I was thinking about, like, we talked about it a lot. We went and got sushi mm-hmm. afterward. Bubble Fusion, shout out. Great yes. sushi. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about this movie for, like, hours afterward. Uh, yeah. Meg and I were. Um, it's funny, though, because, like, I, when I saw it, I had to digest it. It's it's one yeah. of those, it's a thinker movie. But, it like, my view when I initially saw it is now different because I, I, like, thought about it. And I, I appreciate, like, that element of it mm-hmm. now so the spoiler isn't going it, it was kind of so when it starts off jason sudeikis is kind of uh a typical jason sudeikis character i even thought to myself like man he plays like the same part every time <laughs> um and it, it does seem like if you've seen him in anything else or even some of his saturday night live characters it seems similar um then about midway through the movie it kind of takes a turn and i at first thought it was an abrupt turn uh, we'll talk about this later but he turns into villain and he pretty much by the end goes full villain so again spoilers obviously um 
which I <laughs> thank you, uh, which I liked a lot to see him d- play something different. He was a creepy villain. He was good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so were you guys surprised by this turn? And Adam mentioned this in, in his review and we were talking about it where you said it was you bought into this. You believed it. So there was some contention that people were like, I just didn't see it. And like for me, it was kind of an abrupt turn. Although I think if you go back and watch it, maybe it won't be quite as abrupt. But uh, Adam, I'll start with you. So you bought into this, this villainous turn? Yeah, I definitely think when that turn happens, it's a surprise. Because I think that's that's sort of the intention. Because you think all along it's... Because there's so many movies where like the, the city dweller goes back to their small town and then meets the mm-hmm. down-to-earth guy next door, girl next door, who's secretly been in love with them all along. And you think that's sort of where it's going and it follows that path for quite a while in the film. And then, so when there's that shift, it's, it's surprising, but at the same time I, I bought that um, because there are plenty of guys like that out there that sort of work to portray the, the nice guy exterior and are not so nice underneath. He's watching me while he says this. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that. I'm <laughs> it starts by not bringing chocolate. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think it's it's sort of telling. I was reading uh, interviews with Jason Sudeikis, and he talked about uh, speaking with people in the alt right and Gamergate communities as sort of inspiration. And so huh. there are plenty of guys to choose from is and yeah i think we've all encountered them at some point yeah Mm -hmm. i thought also with that like it where i was also surprised when you know it was revealed that you know he wasn't the nice guy next door but i thought what was interesting in the lead up to that is how it continually like it started by saying What's his name? Dan, what, the first boyfriend who's in the uh, New York oh, apartment. Stevens. Dan Stevens, that's mm. it. Who's um, Beast, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. to the beauty. For, yeah, you can notice him without the what? Beast. I knew that from your <laughs> review, Adam. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed because... Because <laughs> yeah, we first saw him in, what was the synth score movie, The Guests? Yes. Is that right? Yes. No. Is that right? I don't know. You can just take this whole part right <laughs> now. <laughs> I need a fact check or two, Adam, to look at it up quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, but I thought it, the... Yes, yeah, the guest. Yeah, okay. You're um, right. You got to believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so seeing Dan Stevens first in the guest, but then in this, I thought it was really interesting how he starts out and you're like, oh, she's such a mess and he's right and it's his apartment or whatever. And then as it moves on and you're like, oh, he's actually not that nice to her on all the phone calls. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like that was interesting because by that point you were like, okay, great. We're getting rid of him. Like now we're definitely rooting just by like, I would say movie logic. We're rooting for her to get get together with Jason Sudeikis. But then, you know, I think that's what made that even more of a, like a to you was because it, it, it didn't actually fulfill that need where you, you were going to swap men for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, they, they even had a, so Jason Sudeikis and Anna Hathaway even had a cute scene of them sitting on the bench and it's like a fall day and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I know where this is going. And then he does turn, but you, you look at it differently because there are scenes where he comes uh, to her apartment the next day and he's like, I brought you a TV or a couch. And, and she's like, oh, what? 
and he's like, you don't remember this? We were talking about this. Um, you said you wanted this. And you're like, oh, my God, Anne Hathaway is just getting blackout drunk, doesn't know anything. <laughs> and then you think it again. It's like, did that conversation even happen? Or yeah. is this a way of controlling yeah. her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to my next spoiler thing is really, you know, there's different metaphors going on. There's the drinking one. Uh, but also this this whole thing, it's kind of a, a metaphor for abusive relationships, mm-hmm. um, which is really it gets heavy and it's kind of a, a brilliant way to talk about a, a serious thing. A, 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 it's a big problem in society. A lot of people have it, and it's it does this in a in a unique way that I found interesting. I, I mean, for you guys, did this did this work to present you know a pretty serious issue in, in this manner in a monster comedy indie movie? I, yeah, I think it did. Um, when watching the movie, um, the first half of it, the lighter half. I was like, oh, okay, monster is her alcohol addiction or childish behavior, like her unwillingness to grow up, the monster's herself, I get it. But then when the the turn happened, um, and after thinking about it, it it made a lot of sense that the monster's not that, it's it's about abuse. And the way, and I liked the casting. I initially, when I first watched the movie, I was like, did they cast the right people? Like, oh my gosh. But it actually, they used that, like, okay, Jason Sudeikis, Anne Hathaway, you know, nice guy, rom-com type. They use, the movie uses that against you because you think it's going in that direction. And that's what makes it so shocking. And it, it, it's parallel to maybe an abusive relationship. You know, you don't think that these people are abusive. They try to control, they try to manipulate, they act nice. And then all of a sudden, it's a, it's a quick, you know, turn, and that's what's so shocking. And I think that's that's a good it was a good way to to present that. So, and with that, I thought it also, you know, because we talked about it, made a lot of, you know, what we would say unconventional choices or bold choices with like different aspects of it. But what I thought was really interesting. Um, at the end, was that um, <laughs> that's the, spo- the spoiler alert? It is a spoiler alert. Yeah, that's right. For yeah. you just joining us, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that so often, you know, in in movies, it would either be like, oh, she can forgive him, or she'll like take the upper road, or you know, be the bigger person and just be like, oh. And I thought it was actually a very surprising, bold choice that she literally throws him and potentially kills him like i think i think that's kills my him. we had a discussion about this my assumption is he's not surviving that fall so yeah. yeah so i was like it's literally like to expunge that bad relationship from her life she literally has to get rid of it completely like off the face of the earth which i thought was shocking and fascinating yeah, i would agree with all of that and uh, yeah i think that's sort of what the best genre movies do they sort of give you a different lens to look at uh, these types of issues and to get maybe someone who wouldn't set out and go I want to watch a movie about you know domestic abuse um, to go sort of under the cover of a monster movie to get them to to still think about those things while also giving them an entertaining monster movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if someone did uh, skip ahead to this part on the podcast without seeing it, they're going to listen to that and be like, "Wait, she threw him? I, that doesn't make <laughs> that doesn't make any sense." But the way they did that, I really thought the ending was clever. Um, and I read somewhere—I don't know if it was your review, Adam, or maybe I heard it or read it somewhere else—but that the last like scene was like perfect. The very last image, the last line, <laughs> where the the bartender is like, "Do you want a drink?" And then she's like, oh, "Just her face and the sigh." And, um, so. That was part of it. That was brilliant. Uh, it's another kind of 
Can I have the spoiler alarm, please? <laughs> okay. So a thing that I did not know was happening and I thought was very cool. Like, how do you make a monster movie even cooler? The answer, giant robot. And there <laughs> is a giant robot in this film. <laughs> It's Jason Sudeikis. He is a giant robot. Um, and that just changes the whole the whole complexity of this movie. It's like, where is this going from here? You know, there's there's this giant robot now. And I, were there any other giant creatures you guys would have liked to have seen here? Any a giant <laughs> cat, perhaps, Meg? <laughs> <laughs> I told her we'd mention cats. <laughs> Shout out to the great cats, be our kitty at home, who's a dedicated <laughs> listener. <laughs> so we she have two sound effects people here obviously she understands me <laughs> you meg only does cat sound effects so. So you, you, your job is not in jeopardy <laughs> no it's perfect i'm willing to share <laughs> so my, my question was kind of goofy but was, was there anything else that you think would is there another monster that they could add to this mix that would have made it cool or i mean obviously it wouldn't have worked if like one of the other characters was it but i mean that comes back to i guess um, I don't remember where we are in your notes, but I don't. So um, when we talked about uh, the actual like reason for this event to occur and the flashbacks and everything, and um, I, it's one of those things where I think for for me, um, I did not need any of that flashback stuff personally. Like I was like, I don't need an explanation for it. I was perfectly happy with it to go. Like doesn't the thing that came to mind, which is not a fair comparison, but. Does being John Malkovich actually explain away why there's that tunnel into Malkovich's head? I, I don't, don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. It's been a while since I've watched it. But Me I... too. Yeah, but that's like what I first thought of was that I was like, I don't need an explanation for it. And so in that case, I, once they introduced the fact that Jason Sudeikis was a robot in that within that little field, I was like, oh, are the other characters then going to like walk in at the exact same time and we're going to add like an alien or yeah, we're gonna yeah. add like a monster truck? I don't know. Like something else. <laughs> like, like, and so. A screeching eagle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like I was like interested to see if it would do that at that point and I felt like it felt like it couldn't because of the like reasoning they had set up for it, which to me was unnecessary. Hmm. When you were saying that, I was thinking, uh, I don't know if you guys watched how many Simpsons episodes you've seen, but I was thinking Poochie the dog, like of oh, yeah. skateboarding mm-hmm. at the giant, <laughs> the giant one. Uh, but yeah, the, what you were mentioning about the, again, if you're, li- you're like thinking, how do you explain there's a, so they're in upstate New York. It was upstate New York, right? I think it yeah. was. I like to imagine it was someplace near Rochester. I don't know if they actually <laughs> said, um, but then how do, how do they explain that these guys are actually a robot and a giant monster in Seoul? And I agree with you, Matt. It's like there's no possible way you could explain that that would be satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, aliens, giant wizard, magic, <laughs> which basically was the answer, magic lightning. Um, so there's no way to explain it. I, I didn't think they had to attempt it. Um, Meg, you brought up a good point on this earlier, so I'll let you uh, Yeah, I was that. I was kind of with the flashback scenes, I... I was craving more, so I was a little disappointed by the flashback scenes because, you know, flashback scenes, you're trying, you're like, oh, okay, they're going to give us a reason. And, and even though it's kind of like, okay, obviously this is a monster movie that's not going to make sense, it doesn't need to make sense, I was kind of like, okay, it'll, it'll like move the plot forward or something. So, you know, when they're revealing the kids, it's like, oh, they're walking to school, it's them. Okay, 
there's soul. There's a project that she has that, you know, it's soul. And you're like, okay, that's that connection. And then you're like, okay, now this is the moment. They, they give you this, like, almost like a crescendo moment. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, he smashes the project and that's it. And, and really I, I almost wish they kind of did it differently where they had a moment where, like, you know, he you, you didn't see this abuse or there was kind of subtle hints and you not you weren't really sure going on and then like once they showed the the, the flashback of that and then like he hits her or something so it kind of like I felt like it needed something so I, I agree I don't think it was necessarily needed if it wasn't like given a purpose because you know I was just like oh he's a 12 year old jerk like he smashed <laughs> his project and he's already a jerk we can see that so it, I mean I guess it shows that he's always been a jerk and always had this, you know, abusive quality, but it it was kind of like a wah, wah to me. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like I felt like if they were gonna have it there, it just what what was currently there was just an unsatisfying version of either go one way or the other. Either yeah, either, either make it extreme. Or. Either, yeah, exactly. Given it a, a crescendo moment or don't have it at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he actually, so he does go beyond being a jerk. I mean, he goes oh, yeah. full on psycho. I mean, he's yeah, he's a, he's killing people essentially. I mean, it's it's a weird way to think about no, it. He and, has this power, and, and he yeah. kills innocent people. And um, I think there's a parallel to that too. That in abusive relationships, often innocent people get hurt and I think there's yeah. like there's a few um there's a moment in the film and you kind of mention it they had a past girlfriend with a, with a child and you, they kind of show a picture with her face scribbled out and I think that was kind of just a, a nod to that that mm-hmm. you know it's not just the people involved and then they show that in Seoul like it, you know people are getting killed yeah so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is a smart take. And so we were talking about, you know, how he, uh, Jason Sudeikis, his character, is being abusive. But one reason I really like Anne Hathaway, too, is the, the ex-boyfriend in New York, too, he is not, like, a saint either. So he comes back, and when he finds out she's having success and she's not, you know, still a burnout, he comes back. He tries to win her back. He's still kind of a jerk. And one of my favorite scenes was he was like, he's like, you, you owe me an explanation. It's like, what are you doing? And, she, she, and she's like, wait, no, I don't. You don't need to know it's that. Like, I'm not telling you. And I just thought that was like, yes. It's like, there she goes. And then she goes on to do what she does at the end of the film, which is, I thought was clever. I, I kind of, I realized what she was doing as she was doing it. I'm like, oh, that's smart. I, I like, well played there. Um, so that that was just another reason I liked her. I don't know if you guys had thoughts on the other boyfriend. He's He seemed like a jerk too. I, it was like what you were yeah. saying. He's. I think... Sort of all the men in the movie are kind of varying degrees yes. of jerks. Yeah. There's also yeah. the friend of Jason Sudeikis' character, who I'm, I don't remember. The one, yeah, the and I was name. like, why isn't he but, saying anything? Why? And I think, yeah, yeah, you think like he's this super nice guy, but then when things do start to take the darker turn, you see by. him, yeah, he just sort of just watches and lets it happen. And it sort of goes into the, the three of them together are varying degrees, and but in all... All of them, in some way, let her down and fail her, and are unacceptable yeah. as as mates. Yeah, definitely. And I think that goes back to um, what you were saying earlier about um, 
It's gone. It's just gone. It's just gone. Absolutely gone. <laughs> Matt made an image of something <laughs> fleeing his brain. <laughs> For those of no. you who couldn't hear that, totally gone. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We're gonna dub in like really smart commentary. I'll have you record it later and like classical music playing. Listen, that's how I work best. So I'm fine with <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> so I actually had another point too, and I also did the did the same thing. But there, there is one thing I want to talk about which was one of my favorite things about this movie definitely the biggest laugh and it was the memes after the first robot showed up so there is so they're they're fighting and the monster at one point will slap the robot if you guys know your memes and i our our listeners do they know their memes there's the thug life one so the monster (laughs) hits the robot and then does the thug life and starts playing the the uh, the snoop dog uh, dr dre song um (laughs) <laughs> Did you guys have thoughts on that? Was that to me that was the funniest scene? Am I right here? I'm right, right. Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty funny. Or the one where they made like a gif of the, just punching, like the robots punching each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. But this is kind of the world we live in. This is. I was gonna what... say, yeah, that's, it's funny because that is absolutely what would happen if exactly. a giant monster yeah. attacks somewhere. Yeah. It would immediately become an internet sensation. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was interesting though. I thought. No, Again, we're talking about a fictional movie and we're talking about monsters and robots. But I thought it was also interesting in terms of like culture and where it's talking about things being just slightly difficult. Because on the one hand, yes, it's absolutely a robot slapping a monster or monster slapping a robot. Um, And that's hilarious. But on the other hand, it's also technically an international tragedy because a bunch of people are dying. And in effect, we're just making silly videos out of it. But at the same time, I'm like, that also is exactly is what, what happens yeah. right now. Absolutely. I remembered my comment from earlier, which was um, <laughs> um, when you were talking about seeing the movie and then thinking about it later. And that's one of its great strengths is because there's so many different levels and themes and ideas in it. And how it changed for you after you were thinking about it later was that was the uh, the other friend of Jason Sudeikis's who Anna Hathaway sleeps with. And um Watching it, I was like, oh, that's weird that they just keep doing these quiet shots of him just like standing around. And I was like, that's weird. Just standing in a bar, like, oh. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's weird that, like, are we doing that? I thought at first it was just to set him up because eventually she was going to hook up with him. And then I thought about it later and I realized, oh, no, it's because of, you know, what Adam was saying about the fact that it's because he's a bystander and he doesn't say anything. He's not doing anything. Yeah. He even at one point, Jason Stakas is drunk and he's going to the playground to, where, where he causes the damage. The rule, which by the way, is just a quick side note. I did think the rules made sense. They mostly followed it. I thought that was good. Yeah. You know, minus the logic. But so he just gets in the truck with Jason Zedekas, yeah. who's clearly drunk. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. He probably was drunk too, but you couldn't tell as he wasn't saying anything. And it's just like, come on, man, stand up. And, yeah. And it was, it's just a weird, like, fi- obviously very fictional movie, but the characters were very real. And, yeah. and you did it, which is, you know, one thing that I liked a lot about it. Yeah. So do you guys have any other thoughts, any final thoughts about Colossal? Anything we failed to discuss that you would like to bring up? <laughs> or did the host cover it all? Was it good hosting? A plus hosting? Yes, yes. A plus plus. Well done. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. At least for me. No, you've got something. Oh, I had something, but that's just because I'm a giant nerd. And so, like, <laughs> I'm... We all are. Oh, well, I mean, yes. Like, let, I'm not, like, taking... We've just been talking about monsters and robots yeah. for 30 it's not minutes. not my own, like, nice yeah. soul badge, but soul badge. It's a pun. That's <laughs> oh, good. Oh, but it's... <laughs> 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 yes. Um, I'm a giant movie score nerd, and so... Um, 
this was all, this was interesting for me because it has a score by Bear McCreary, um, and Bear McCreary is really great. Simply, be, uh, I mean, for a lot of reasons, he's very talented, but also because on his website he actually posts these long blog posts explaining his thought process and how he went about actually scoring every project he works on, and so that's just really neat for me because you get to actually read about how, in this case, I didn't pick up on the fact that like Anne Hathaway's themes are all done with electric guitar and cello, and all of Jason Sudeikis's themes are all bass notes in the orchestra mm-hmm. and synthesizer, and so the way he scored it was he scored the finale, like the giant action fight at the end with both themes together and they're overlaid on each other. And then he reverse engineered it throughout the rest of the score. So it starts with them being completely separate and he gradually merges them. So they fight each other musically until the end. That's it's just, brilliant. It's just so, so cool. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm again. so glad you brought that up. I would have been mad if you didn't. <laughs> if you said that afterward, I'd be like, why didn't you say that? It's not my favorite of Bear McCreary's works, just from purely like a my own subjective opinion. But that's the kind of stuff that he does, which I think makes him a really, really interesting composer and doing really interesting work nowadays. Because he also does like the walking dead but he also did like 10 cloverfield lane so he's you know kind of all around the place now mm-hmm. but he's just he's so smart and so interesting with his ideas and that's the kind of like stuff that gets me really really excited um because it's it's art done from a storytelling perspective that adds another layer that you don't notice mm-hmm. we definitely need to have a podcast where we talk about musical <laughs> i've been meaning to do it and then <laughs> <laughs> but that just made me really want to do it. Uh, so we, we did when we did our live uh, the lobster one. We had Mona Sagatola Salami come on, and she she added similar insight to that score. And it's stuff I don't think of, mm-hmm. but it's so fascinating and it's it's interesting and it just really improves the experience of what you do. I just want to do a shout out to that live panel that I listened to. Listening to Mona, I just was so professionally crushing on it. I was like, <laughs> she was so knowledgeable and so interesting, and I loved that panel. She's it probably was... finishing up our show. We'll go say hi yes. afterward. Oh, it was so awesome. <laughs> I was just, it was great. It was so cool. <laughs> that was that was one where I wish we recorded it. That was very good. We did record our later live one when we did Don't Think Twice. Uh, you guys can listen to that at thelittle.org. <laughs> so speaking of shout-outs, we've reached the end, but usually what I like to do uh, is go around and let people give a shout-out. They can do, they can give a shout-out to their cat or their Twitter account <laughs> or their business, whatever you want. You could just, you could, you, it's your field. You know Meg, I'll let you go for, I do. And I, <laughs> I want to shout-out to my cat, Catsby. <laughs> Hi, Catsby. <laughs> we force her to listen to this. <laughs> she likes it. The she likes Catsby. it. She's adorable. Um, also, I just wanted to add, if you go to the little, check out the awesome, the awesome poster for Colossal. I love the artwork. Uh, look at t- uh, the little Twitter and maybe Instagram for the picture. I took an awesome picture trying to recreate the, the poster. It's, it's very good. It's, I can confirm. It's so it is cool. Good. I really want that poster. So, <laughs> so Meg and I have a thing where we, we try to reenact what's happening in movie posters like we did the joy one and if you're familiar with that has jennifer lawrence staring up at like snow and so we had meg stare up we did one for ketty when we played that Mm -hmm. it's a cat giving a a kind of a kind of a mean not mean but kind of a a real like yeah exactly (laughs) uh and we tried to imitate that that didn't work as well but it's a fun game i encourage everyone to do it when you go to the little theater i am absolutely ready for like the either the little hashtag about this happening or just a straight up like instagram or or, uh (laughs) tumblr account just of you guys doing this this we should we should have a tumblr account of this why don't we do it okay (laughs) (laughs) but shout out to my cat (laughs) 
<laughs> <laughs> How do you top that, Matt? I don't know, but you're up. I can't top that <laughs> at all. That. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Dalbaz17. Um, but more importantly, you should come buy some delicious chocolate at Hedonist Artisan Chocolates. Yes. And you should absolutely come to the Fringe Festival uh, this September 14th through 23rd in downtown Rochester. You should be doing those things anyways. Those are both amazing things in Rochester <laughs> that are great. Um, and you should follow Matt on Twitter, too, because you are you do have good insights, which is one of the reasons I'm like, well, I have Adam on here, but I should have you, too, is you always <laughs> you have good commentary, and we want that in the podcast. I will have to say most of mine is due to the fact that I listen to Adam talk about movies uh, 24-7. I can uh, see that. I feel smarter just <laughs> listening to Listen, about it's movies. a good time, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Sure, you're complimentary now, but when it's happening in person, you're like, shut up already. (laughs) (laughs) Just stop talking. We already said there's four of us in this room and I'm the Slytherin, so I'm not going to deny anything. (laughs) That's fair. He's the giant robot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll just say uh, you can read my reviews, uh, rochestercitynewspaper.com, or follow me on Twitter, uh, at Adam Lupito. And Adam reviews so many movies. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but it's an incredible amount. And it's a lot of the ones at the little, too. So if you see a movie and you're like, I don't know about this, you should read Adam's reviews at City, or you can pick up a city newspaper as well. And I have an article in it this week, too. So, so definitely pick it up this week. <laughs> if it's going to be any week that you pick it up, make it this week. All right. Well, thanks to my guests. This has been a blast. This was one I really wanted to talk about this film. And as you can tell, we, we had a fun time doing it. Hopefully hopefully you listening, including Nacho, who's listening, uh, enjoyed it. And he's going along with it. Uh, Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and The Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.